This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a preschooler. And I'm Teresa, a working mom with a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. We all need a place to vent, so don't listen with your kids because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, part one of our look at gender, it starts in the womb. Plus, stay-at-home dad Chris Routley of the blog Daddy Doctrines. Woo! (laughs) Adding a little F on the end, because today, joining us in our studios are dogs. It's bring your dogs to work day. (laughs) <laughs> I think I, I'm gonna. I'll go I'm with that. Sure. I, I don't have. I don't have dogs, which is why I didn't bring my dogs with me. But we are joined today by Teresa's other children, Coco and Sissy Thorne, who I insist they're male, though they're not. Nope, they're girls. All dogs are boys. All cats are girls. <laughs> are your cats very, girls? It's very appropriate on our gender discussion. I know that's isn't right. It? Yeah. Um, no, one of them's a boy. Oh, okay. Onion's a total boy. Okay. And I talked to him as such, and like Stefan, the show's already derailed. But like, I'm like, who is my good boy? Who is my good boy? And Stefan's like, you're not talking to the boy like this. Yeah. I'm like, Why not? Who's my good boy? Who's my boy? <laughs> you're the best, the smartest boy in the whole world. Um, hi, Teresa. Hi, Miz. <laughs> How are you? Oh, um, pregnancy still great. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say this has been a little bit of a rough patch the last week or so. Yeah. Now, how far, let's just remind the listeners, how far along are you? 29 weeks. 29 weeks. That's kicking you. Are you in it? You're in it to win it. You're in the third trimester. Oh yeah, I'm in the, I've been in the third trimester. Yeah, I'm in the what third trimester. What is that? 24, 25? Well, some some say 28, but then when I was at the doctor at 27 weeks, she was like, "You're in the third trimester." So <laughs> like and I was like, baby oh, okay. According <laughs> to my baby center emails. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, yeah. but I'm in the third trimester. All right. It'll be nice to get to 30 weeks, I feel like, because then yeah. it's like, okay, I'm three quarters of the way through. Then you're like almost done. Yeah. You're about, okay, so you're 28 weeks. 29. 29 weeks. 29 weeks, yeah. All right. And, you know, thankfully, like, no medical issues going on. So obviously, I'm very grateful for that. But I'm just um, having a lot of pain and... So moving around is difficult, and a lot of like the physical aspects of taking care of my two-year-old are becoming very difficult. Yeah, and it's like, it's like you know, I have to like do this debate in my head every time I go to sit down. Like, should I sit down, or I'm gonna have to get up in like two seconds? Yeah, and getting up is the worst. <laughs> like sitting down and getting up are just the worst right now. And so it's just really hard because it's like it requires a lot of. Effort. Yes. Well, it's like, you know, to all, because we pride ourselves on trying not to lie to people about parenting, uh, what we learned again is everybody tells you the second so much easier. Mm -hmm. Then you you get pregnant and everybody's like, fuck you, it's not. Yeah. And I feel like everybody I've talked to was like, oh, it was so much more painful. Yeah. Like my second Everybody pregnancy just hurt so much. And I was like, why did you yeah. say this to begin with? <laughs> and I wonder, especially when it comes to the whole like, trying to decide what you're going to do in terms of like your how physical you're going to be with your kid that you already have or just mm-hmm. how physical you're going to be around the house. Mm-hmm. I th- I wonder if like with the first kid you're just kind of allowed to be more precious like about like 
I'm not going to carry my bags home from the grocery store, bend down to get the dishes out of mm-hmm. the dishwasher. I'm a precious, beautiful, pregnant flower. Yeah. Whatever. As opposed to the second one where it's like, I still got to pick this kid up. Yeah. I still got to, like, wash her hair and, yeah. like, or empty this blankety blank blank. I still kit. have to lift Simon into a crib. Yeah, but yeah, that's I mean, right. he doesn't climb in and out of the crib by himself, thank God. So <laughs> I need to be the one to lift him in and out of the crib. Time to install the baby ladder. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny idea. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm still just like, Wow, he hasn't figured out how to climb. Katie Bell never did either, and I was just like, uh, "Here's to weak ab muscles." Yeah, saluting the weak ab muscles. Yeah, but Um, I will say, like, I just I'm almost done complaining about how horrible my life is. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, everything's fine, but it's just. Jesse is going away today. He's going to be gone for a week. And um, uh, thankfully, I know. He's going away. He's got some shows. He's going to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, That's nice. That'll be fun. It's cool. I'm glad he's doing it. Like, I'm happy for him and everything. And it's it's great. But, like. But. But. (laughs) Every time I think about just, like, like, being, like, the only person in my house, like, taking care of the kid and the dogs and just. Being being how I am right. physically right now, I almost start to cry. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just I feel like so abandoned, even though like I like we agreed together that he would do this yes. thing like a long time ago. And this morning I totally had this moment where I was like, maybe I'll just have a meltdown today and he won't be able to go. <laughs> <laughs> And then I like immediately, I immediately was like a little bit sad that I'm not the kind of person who, who would do, do that. that. Exactly, who would pull that shit. That's exactly right. Ugh. Anyway, that, how are you doing? Oh, you know, just uh, foreshadowing the worst to come since you are one month ahead of me. Yeah. I'm 24 weeks. And I already am having like the horrible pain. In, oh. I would call it the like, I you know... I think I've said many times, I know nothing about my own body. So, it's, <laughs> like, if you were to, like... It's in the lower quadrant. It's the, of... it's the first part to disappear when you get pregnant. It's in that area. It is, like, I'll be sitting, like, everything's fine, and then I'll stand up and start walking, and yeah. it just feels like like I've been bruised. Aww. Like, it's like the pain, it's like, I would say, like, on that doctor scale, it's like a five when I'm walking. And I think about you, Teresa and I went to this, like, like some swim classes or yeah. swimming. Yeah. And uh, there are a bunch of pregnant women in this class we went to. We are like, out in the parking lot. We watched this woman this couple of weeks ago walking yeah. into the pool area. And you and I both, like, rolled our eyes. She was so, like, exaggeratingly, like, waddling back and yeah. forth. And we were like... Police. We were cracking we up. Were cracking we were cracking up. Such assholes. We were judging. We were doing all this horrible stuff. And now, at only 24 weeks, I'm like, waddle, waddle, waddle. Like, whatever pressure I can You're take off punished. my, you know, my disappearing area. Uh, it was, and like massive gas and acid reflux oh. out of the blue. And so, like, we're, like, at, like, throughout the show, you're going to hear me burping. Like, I'm, like, constantly, like, turning away from the microphone. And I'm drinking water. So it doesn't even matter what I'm drinking. Yeah. It just gases right back up. Yeah. And then it's, it's gassing. It's gassing tops and bottoms. Oh. It's just, and it's not, like, 
anything needs to happen. I'm just like a gas valve. Did they show you in um in your like uh childbirth class, did they show you those pictures of like what a woman's body looks like are? on the inside when you have a baby growing in? <laughs> Same as my intestines that right now completely blew my mind. Yeah. shoved wherever they yeah. can go. They could be in my armpit for yeah. all I know. Your organs are just like they're all, they're all in the wrong places. They're That's all just... I actually found a really amazing video because I was like, I want to see that picture again. So yeah. I went online and I'll post it on Facebook because there is this ridiculous like and it's sounds like, isn't the woman's body amazing? Like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And all the shit. And I'm watching, like, the heart and lungs. Like, yeah. your heart's expanding twice as big, but it's yeah. not like a Whoville thing. Yeah. It's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything's getting, like, shoved up in your upper chest. Mm-hmm. And, like, you really, for the first couple of, like, trimester, like, trimester one and two, you're, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm fine. And yeah. now I'm just like, I can't breathe, guys. Yeah. I can't breathe. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> You know, like, like just really unhappy. Uh, so great, great, uh, great. Let's have a good show in this tiny room with two dogs and uh, velvet pain and gassy women. Uh, so this week we are going to talk about uh, gender. Yep. Uh, we're going to start our discussion on gender, uh, just kind of focusing on this, all the gender issues that come up before that baby even comes out. Mm-hmm. Good times. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Boys and girls, girls and boys. They're different. They're different. One's made of like rodent leftover parts and one's <laughs> made of sugar and spice. But they shouldn't be different. They sh- We should treat them the same. They, we should treat them exactly the same. And it starts early. I mean, I yeah. don't, I, let's just say yeah. right off the bat, uh, I think we're on the same page of this, with, of this. I think there's something generational about women who are in there, you know, 40 or under, Mm -hmm. in particular, who are like, I'm going to raise my kid gender-free. I like that because it's just like this amazing assumption just based on all the work that had been done by, you know, uh, socially by people over the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. You know, gender equality is just one of those boxes you just tick off on. This is an automatic assumption that I'm going to do. Yeah. And so you get, you find out you're pregnant and you're like... Great. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Either way, I'm going to raise this child to be to know who they are and know they can accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And then the comments start coming mm-hmm. the moment people find out what sex you're having. Mm-hmm. One way to get around that is to not find out what sex your baby is. Mm-hmm. Or to find out and not tell. Or to find out and not Some tell. Some people do that. What? Yeah. <laughs> they keep their mouth shut? Yeah, I think Amazing. they do. Amazing. Yeah, some people do. All right, so what are some things that people say? We've already kind of touched once on the whole... Well, part of it is, I think part of the not wanting to tell is yeah. just like the, that you're going to all of a sudden end up with like all pink or all blue. So know, that's like right? the fear, I think. <laughs> I can under- And I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, so, but like even before the buying of Okay, stuff, even before the buying. There's stuff that, and we've talked about the sonograms, like mm-hmm. because I had the girl last time, I never experienced anything with the discovering the sex sonogram that was creepy right. or weird but the moment 
I have the boy. It's and like, every time penis. since, yeah, every yeah. time since I go in and the baby's moving around, mm-hmm. like we were there the other day, I was there last week, and they did a sonogram, and she's like, and there's the legs, and there's the head, and there's the face, and they never find it funny when I'm like, it looks like an alien monster, like yeah. it always does, you know, like if they yeah. just turn a certain way. And she was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, was that its penis? Uh, the boy's penis, right? You're right. Like the, the monster penis. Yeah, is my boy's penis. It's Whatever. terrifying. That's terrifying. She was like, "That a he's such a proud boy. He's not shy." Oh I'm just God. like, "Do you want to have sex with my baby?" Yeah. Like, what is going on? I know. I don't get it's that. Really gross. Yeah. And I don't know if I've already said, but I had the same thing happen yeah. when I was pregnant with Simon. Like I. <laughs> I had I had so my doctor weird. being like, "Oh, you're not a shy boy." Well, oh, stop like, hitting what? on my stop hitting on my baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, and I think this. I just had a follow up ultrasound last week, and. The um, technician was like, she was awesome, but like at the at the part where she's like, and you already know what you're having, and I was like, yeah, I know we're having a boy. She's like, and see, you can you can see. Totally and then she's see. like, and she's like, do you want a picture of that? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know what we're having. So look, the Christmas card. We just always have our kids drop their trowel right? anyway, I and know. we just take pictures of their genitalia and send that out for Christmas because we're so proud of it. I mean, uh, like, it's cool. You can see that great. he has, like, a penis and some testicles. Good, like, but it's not great. like they're, like, he's a baby. He's got all ten fingers. Right. Whoa. Right. Or, look, two eyes. Right. He's going to be great. He's going to see right. really well. Yeah. Like, there's, like. Yeah. So there's that, which yeah. I think is weird. I think there's also, uh, we've, t- we've touched on body shape, and I think there's something weird and, like, already sort of grossly, like, sort of gendery, like, you know, girls... Oh, when you're pregnant with a girl, you're going to look like shit. Yeah, you're going to look like shit. She's stealing your beauty. You're going to get fat. She takes this from you. She takes that. The boys make you look great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All of which has been totally debunked, by the way, and is just Despite my personal theory. Yeah, despite your your weird theory. Of carrying straight out as opposed to just carrying out to the side. But, like, there is... This show is full of contradictions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me emphasize, we are not a licensed official parenting <laughs> show. I, there's something so gross about that, again, that, like, yeah. your girl is out. It starts that, like, whole thing the, like, of, like, girls are out Freudian to get you. Or, yeah, and girls yeah. are, like, manipulative. And they're more, yeah. like, you know, their bullying is worse. Yeah, and they're competing with you. And they're competing with you. Yeah. Get ready, Already Mom. in the womb. Oh, yeah. Yuck. My daughter is not, neither of my children are to be my best friend or my competition. No, Gross. no. They're my kids. Yeah. Yuck. I'm supposed to humiliate them and, like, <laughs> scar them for life, you know? Um, yeah. And then, but then with the boys, it's this whole, like, they're doing you some sort of favor. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? I don't know. Are you having a boy? It's going to be so easy. I know. What is that? I also, don't know. there's a lot of comments about like girls. You're having a girl? Divas. Yeah. I like, what the f- I got that a lot. I got like, oh, she's going to be daddy's little princess, daddy's yeah. little girl, or girls are Wait handful. till they're teenagers. Wait till anybody's you know. a teenager. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. That, whole, that whole like time period is horrible for anybody. Like I don't, I don't buy that one is worse or one is not. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it's all gonna suck. Yeah. But like with boys, it's I've been recently getting a lot of. Everybody says, "Oh, you're having a boy." Um, but Biz, boys love their mothers. Yeah. 
I don't know what the it is. The boys about it. love their moms. Yeah. I don't know, I know what it is. Yeah. It's creeping me out. I know. I know. It's really weird. It's what's why it, it because the first thing I think of is serial killer. <laughs> right? like Norman Bates loved yeah. his mother. I mean, I'm like, right. is anybody not like tying those things right. together? It's, it's not a huge leap. I'm not like breaking stand up ground with that or something yeah. like boys who well, love their mothers. It, like I immediately the first image in my head is like a killer or kind of a loser. Yeah. <laughs> like, like some weak nillied, you know, like yeah. I don't know. Or just that it implies sort of like an uncomplicated relationship. Like that's yeah. just very like not so much nicer bo- than me. <laughs> no, but no, but that's another way that I think yeah. it's that it that I think it's bullshit. Is just also like, oh, they're gonna fight with their dad, but you, you're just gonna be the mom and you'll just be precious and you'll cook for them and you'll just be wonderful. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that yes. kind of thing. That you're it's right. That which I also think is just total bullshit. And like, it's the same thing they do, like, like I just said, about the, oh, going to have good little girls going to have dad wrapped around right. her finger. Exactly. Where it's like, and she's going to hate you. Yeah, mom. exactly. Well, yeah. And so that's the other thing. It's like, oh, boys love their moms, so girls girls don't love their moms. I know. I'm girls like, aren't good to their moms. Like, people, no, because your, your girl is like. I just hate the insinuation that girls are inherently evil. I don't. Okay, so those are that's enough, that's a broad segment of things that people say to you that make you feel uncomfortable. And then there's one we actually got a call recently uh-huh. from one of our listeners who brought up something that when she was pregnant with her boy, people said this caught me so by surprise too. Listening mm-hmm. to the call, I didn't think this is what was going to come. Uh, but she said that when she was pregnant with the boy, people found out she was having a boy. Suddenly, the question of if they were circumcising the boy became totally open for discussion yeah. with total strangers. Yeah. Like, just everybody wanted to know, are you so- – and then had, like, opinions and then, like, made her feel guilty about whatever their choice was. Yeah. And then my first thought was, what? <laughs> so- <laughs> to make a decision so about no, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's one of the that that came up for me with Simon as well. And the only time that it felt fine to me was when it was like my best friend, right. and she also had a child. She also had a boy and had an older boy, yeah. and like had gone through it herself, and was genuinely just asking me in a totally non-judgmental way, and like yeah. we had a conversation about it, and it was great. Every, I think every single other time that it came up was inappropriate and just made me feel weird. Like, I, I actually would, I knew what, Jesse and I knew what we were going to do. And right. we, like, already, like, I felt fine about it. So I wasn't, I think it would have been a lot worse if I was in a position of, like, not, not sure. sure. And then, then other people's, like, weird opinions would feel, like, <laughs> more upsetting to me. Yeah. But... Um, but even so, I was just like, wow, why why are we even having this conversation? Like, is it just something to say? Because let's think of a different thing to say. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like, when you're just making small talk? Like, that doesn't seem like it should fall small under small talk. It is an odd small talk. Where, well, you do, but again, it goes back into the whole thing of, like, why is suddenly my kid's penis... Right. Like, open discussion. <laughs> right. Like, this, like, very private part of my child. Yeah. That, like, whatever. Like, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. just talk about it like it's no big deal. Yeah. Like, right up until they're 16. Let's just make sure we keep talking about it and make it weird. So, you know, what are ways to, like, get, you know, well, there are plenty of ways to get around it. But I think I enjoy all the ideas that we think <laughs> we have uh-huh. to get around some of it. Uh-huh. Like, yellow. 
And green. And green. The <laughs> colors, they're like, I'm going to make my baby's room green or yellow. Yeah. I'm going to, it's going to be a stuffed bear. Yeah. Bears are gender neutral. Yeah. Dogs, dogs are okay. Kittens are too feminine. <laughs> Do not give that boy a kitten. No kittens in the room. Monkeys, uh, monkeys are okay. <laughs> you know, like there's all these things we try and like. Like, I'm going to raise my kids so gender-free. I don't even know yeah. how you do that, Yeah, actually, in the long run. Yeah. Because here's my great discovery upon finding out I'm having a boy. Okay. Right? We're going to—the kids are going to share a room no matter what. Uh-huh. So we probably will go with, like, white, yellow, or green just so that all their shit goes everywhere. Yeah. But Katie Bell was—yeah, I, I found out I was having a girl, and my initial thought was, great. I know what to do with this. I'm going to, she do anything she wants. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. raise her that there's, you know, no limitations. If she wants to, you know, I would I'm teach her all the same things I would teach her if she was a boy. Uh-huh. Right? And the moment I found out I'm having a boy, I found out I'm really sexist mm-hmm. about the whole boy thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I mean, Kate, I totally was like, for some reason, me being like, Katie Bell's going to like football. She's going to watch football. I'm going to introduce her to football, like, blah, 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 because I like football. Fine. But oh, now but I now feel like, like a sexist oh, ass yeah. because I'm like, I don't want him to so be like, well, a my son, boy. like, I also want yeah. my son to watch football with me. Yeah. Like, what's, or, you know, like, wanting my daughter to be really competent with tools or like maps or like, <laughs> whatever. Uh-huh. Fine. I want my boy to be really comfortable with tools. And like, oh, my God, I'm creating, you know, Tim Allen. Like, what? <laughs> what I, like, I feel like the pressure, I feel like the opposite weird pressure of like, well, you know, so I need to put him in a dress right away? Like, what? Because <laughs> I feel like the, whatever I tried to do with Katie Bell, like, just turned out to be total bullshit. Like, there's really no controlling it. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, there, I mean, you're. You're, I mean, just by being yourself and, like, having your family, you're making her into the person that she is. Like, I feel like all the things you're naming, like, football or, like, (laughs) tools, like, those things are so, I mean, they're tools, like, for lack of a better word. Like, they're just, like, accessories to life and, like, and, like, so much more, like, what's going to actually make them a good person is, like, the way you teach them to interact with one another and that, like, and the fact that you teach them passion for a particular thing or like a family tradition of watching the Alabama football whatever you know what I mean like those are like those are the (laughs) components sorry I'm over here having a total belch attack um but do you know what I'm saying again yeah I think that that's I think that's you know, maybe the best we can do in terms of a discussion of yeah. gender before like, kids I don't come think... out. There's no, you could put them in a dress. Yeah. You could put a girl in a dress every day and a boy in like a three-piece suit every day. Neither one is going to really define how they perceive themselves or gender unless you're just not speaking to them. Right. Ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's. But it does. Oh, it's so confusing because it, it, there's also just like there's so much that's not in our control. And I think that's the part of it that we're like freaking out about while they're still in the womb because it's like you like you. And that's why like Jesse and I kind of had this talk when when we were pregnant with Simon, like we're not going to try to raise our kids gender neutral, even mm-hmm. though or like gender free or whatever, even though we like actually think that's kind of an admirable idea and right. like kind of an interesting idea. Like we're not going to try to do that because we just couldn't fucking fathom how you how fucking you do, do that. I'm sorry for swearing so much, but I'm kind of like 
like there's no I mean it's society you know what I mean yeah, well, like it's so funny and I know I, like every but every every family matters and every like person matters and your approach matters but like I'm sorry like you know our uh somebody who works here at Max Fun told us this story recently of like her sister found out she was having a boy and like went out to buy the per- first piece of clothing right. and like started crying called her crying because she couldn't find anything that didn't have sports on sports it or truck on it yeah and right. and was just like devastated by the concept that like her child was now just like set Label. up to be this thing well and that- that's where the football thing becomes sinister because you're yeah. right it's not I want to raise my kid enjoying being passionate about something or having yeah. a good time with something yeah the football is not what's dangerous right it's the fact that the football is located at the store in a section that is completely blue. Right. Right. I mean, that's where the football is. That when yeah. you go in with your kid, they're seeing this. If you if you took the blue and the pink out of the the display, yeah. not the wrapping of the... I mean, Barbie could still be pink and in a pink box, and the football could still be brown, right? Or, right yeah. you know, or Legos can still be in a blue box. But if they were just together in a totally sterile aisle, mm-hmm. it would feel so less imposing mm-hmm. than walking into that store and seeing that color division right down the line. Yeah. And then suddenly you can't enjoy buying your kid the blue onesie with yeah. the, like, football on it. Yeah. And you can't... Even if you love football and you love blue. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can remember Stefan, like, when Katie Bell was just a baby, I remember Stefan had gone, like, early as a baby to go pick up something because we were traveling and she puked on everything. And he came back and he said... He's so mad. He was like, apparently, girls get pink, and every other color is okay for boys, but uh-huh. not girls. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, you uh-huh. are right. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know? Like, there's something about, before they even come out, feeling like your options are limited. Yeah. And I don't know what the solution is besides putting everybody, giving everybody a duck, a yellow fucking <laughs> duck. You know, like, but actually, I will say, are you feeling any different? Let's let's wrap up with, uh-huh. are you feeling any different with child number two? Um, As always, I am not that worried about it one way or another, <laughs> and I wasn't with Simon either. So. Well, but I mean, is there any, have you been like, are you like, are you like this time? Like for me, all right, all right, how about, how about, maybe I'll give an example. So like for me, I was like, we didn't, you know, we didn't put, we didn't pierce Katie Bell's ears, we didn't put her in. With the hair, but she yeah. didn't have any hair to begin with until she was like three. We yeah. didn't put her, and then I was like, I gotta put a bow in this kid's hair. <laughs> the, um, we didn't like, <laughs> we didn't put her in dresses a lot as a baby, you know? She was a fucking baby. She was naked, right? Yeah. I will say that now that like three years have passed with her and realizing that nothing, no matter what I do, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing I do affects like who she's going to become or be interested in, mm-hmm. really, I'm like, let's go get this baby some fucking truck outfits. <laughs> Oh, some fucking cute blue little footies with a football. Like, I'm like telling my dad, I'm like, go to the Alabama store. I need, yeah. you know. Because you've been it. set free of the feeling that you actually have control. Control, I do. Yeah. I go to like, let's boy this shit up. Let's like. I'll just- well, I also, to some extent, don't. I'm just not thinking about it because. Care. No, it, no. Well, I, it's not that I don't. It's not that I don't care. I, I think like I, I really have always just like tried to trust that like because we're gonna love our children and be good examples to them that they will be good people like I know that they will deal with some gender related stuff because everybody does (laughs) 
but I'm just I don't I don't know. It's kind of like we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But with baby number two, because he's the same sex as right. Simon, we're using all the same clothes. Yeah. So there's no I don't really have to re. Reevaluate. I'm just kind of like, okay, pull out the the newborn to six months old bin from the garage, run it through the wash, fold it up, and put it in the closet, and it's ready to go. (laughs) So envious of your brain of acceptability. I'm like, well, it's it's good. It's just like a way of reducing my own anxiety. I think is I just sort Mm. of go. Uh, I'm not gonna worry about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to zen. I need to zen out and like meditate on Teresa like several, several, all the time, all the time. Apparently, <laughs> to wrap up our gender discussion, all dogs are boys, all cats are girls. <laughs> Boy children love love footballs and their mothers, and baby girls are out to get you. And enjoy pink only. So this this show brought to you by the color pink and blue. <laughs> <sighs> and Z Rose and no one knows. Hey, this is Aaron and Brian from Throwing Shade, and we would love to throw some shade on you this summer. Every Tuesday, we inject all sorts of news stories concerning ladies and gays with silliness and sexiness. Just in time for bikini season. Check us out on Max Fun under Throwing Shade. Okay, they're not stupid. No, I know, but yeah, they could Well, be. why would you spell it out like well, that? Well, because I was the spelling bee champion of the world. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Oh, goody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My fail is I've ruined my daughter. Sense of self and gender identity permanently. No, no, no. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Great. Well, I always like it when you go first. Genius. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I had some friends in town who I never ever get to see they live on the other side of the country um and they were staying in Santa Monica which is on the beach (laughs) so I fucking took the day off work I took Simon out of school yeah we went to the beach we hung out with my friends he loved it he was playing in the ocean running in and out of the waves amazing um we dug with the sand toys I got to visit with my best friends who I love and that was very restorative, I yeah. think would be the word. Um, so, yeah, we had a hooky day. It was great. That's so nice. Thanks. Good job. Thanks. Excellent. Why do you let yourself do that? Yeah. It's just, I feel like I feel like everybody's entitled to a couple of hooky days a year. Yeah. Like, where you just go, no, I'm yeah, out. I'm out. Good so, job. Yeah. How about you? Um, I don't care when my kid cries. I just felt like I need to share it. <laughs> I felt like, I mean, I care like when she falls down or whatever, but I'm talking about like when she's done something. Like the other night, great quick example. The other night, 
I'm like, Stefan's brushing her teeth. Suddenly, I hear all this bawling from the other room. And it, it went on for a while. So I did go by. And, and like, my reaction is now to not be like, what did you do to her? But yeah. I'm like, what's going on, Katie Bell? And she's like, Ooh, and I let her get through, like, why she's crying. And then I'm like, all right, now you tell me your side of the story, dad, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, like, basically she had been, like, he told her three times to stop doing something and that if she didn't, there would be no books. And she didn't. Yeah. And so the books were gone. Yeah. And guess what? No books. And so I'm like, you're right. It's upsetting. And, you know, I, you, you, you can keep crying or like, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But there still will be no books, and I understand how disappointing that is. Yeah. But when we ask you to do something, did you you get warned? Yes. Yeah. So, ta-da. Like, we do this all the time. Cry away. You know, I I will—it is so freeing to get over that hump. Totally. And not be, like, to give in to the crying. Because you know what? Your kid's going to cry forever. Your kid's going to cry forever about everything all the time. It doesn't matter. I think you're actually investing now in less future crying by getting through. Because, like, probably tomorrow night she's not going to do that. Bing bong. Yeah. You're not like, she's catching on. And I just cry. Go ahead, cry. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I agree. Not changing anything. Yeah. So, very freeing. Very nice. I don't care when my kid cries. <laughs> As you mentioned on the show before, daughters have a problem with attaching to their mothers a little more than their fathers. And like Stefan, I had this same problem. So, what did I do recently when Fisher decided she didn't want to hang out with me anymore? I decided to have daddy-daughter days and teach her how to surf. Not only does she want to hang out with me all the time because she thinks surfing is the most fun thing on the planet, but I get to spend a lot of time with her, and she's exercising. So, you know, double win for me. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep it up. Right? Oh, Woo! that's cool. That's like laughing in the face of the of the gender stereotyping. Yeah. That we have talked about, like, the you know, she's yeah. very attached to, Katie Bell's very attached to me, but, like, yeah. we did the same thing with Stefan. We, you know, Stefan just... Finally, instead of pouting about it, like, stepped up and, like, started forcing Katie about to do stuff with mm-hmm. him. And they get along great. And now she calls for him in the middle of the night. Heaven. Yay. Good job. Good job. Good job. I like that it's surfing, too. too. That, that's clearly something he enjoys. And so he's kind of bringing her into his world. And that's really cool. An awesome, super awesome girl surfer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally rad. Um, <laughs> how many times can this make awful gender... Stereotype things, anyway. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> failures. Mm-hmm. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. You go. Okay. <laughs> the dumbest thing that Jesse and I did before we had a kid was buy this fucking dining room table. <laughs> it's made it's a beautiful oh, it's dining beautiful. room table it. it's beautiful it's made of reclaimed wood oh, very... that is love i mean it's lovely yeah it's really fantastic it's the worst possible fucking table that you could have with a baby or a toddler <laughs> or children of any age <laughs> but we got it like when i was pregnant yeah. it was like the same time that we moved to like our last place which had like 12,000 stairs yeah. <laughs> and like we were just still like I even was with child and yet we just couldn't perceive what was to come somehow. <laughs> like we were just making all these stupid decisions because we had no idea. And this table is it's ruining my life. <laughs> like 
basically to try to explain for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's like the wood, it's been sanded down to the point where like you're not going to get splinters on it, but like it's not sealed at ah. all. So anything that gets on it that's like wet or and even so crumbs like get they get into the table and so the table is being slowly ruined uh, and I've tried like tablecloths I've tried like just giving Simon a placemat different kinds of yeah. placemats just using a napkin under stuff everything to him is just like an invitation to fuck up the table more somehow right. like he <laughs> like if there's a placemat he takes his fork that's covered in food and shoves it under, under. the placemat because that's really fun Sure. so then I'm like okay well we'll get rid of the placemat but then there's just food all over the table yeah. soaking in like quickly soaking in that would I'm I don't even and now and then he's like coloring now at the table and Uh, got some crayon on there and it's like I can't even really clean it it's impossible to clean because it's wood it's it's impossible to clean so anyways my life is over that's the end of that I'm so sorry (laughs) have you have have you thought about a glass top glass well it's uneven though so it would like teeter-totter like it's all it's very like it was made it was custom made by this goodbye nice things whatever exactly we're (laughs) just idiots for even having it my fail is uh cat humping the cats every time like any of katie but it's really not my fail um i don't i can't really control it (laughs) (laughs) so we've lost several toys uh, several stuffed I don't know animals. why I thought you were going to say we lost several cats. We've lost several cats. <laughs> today. We have lost several stuffed okay. animals. To, I mean, I don't know if they're humping it, but that's what it looks like. You know, I mean, they've all been, had, they've all been neutered and snipped mm-hmm. and all that. But they like take the, uh, take the stuffed animal and they like paw it and they like. They're, they're humping like, the stuffed animals. Yes, they've been humping the stuffed animals. Oh, I, mean, I thought I they're humping each that. other. Oh God, no, the stuffed animals. Oh. So there's like one that B has had since the beginning. We just. Goodbye, like that rat, that bunny. That was like Katie Bell's 18 gender neutral bunnies. That one was like immediately claimed by B, and we're just like, gross, whatever. She also has this other, and B's been pretty loyal to the bunny named Brit, <laughs> to Brit the bunny. But we also have this giant dog called Bubba that if it's not, it doesn't really matter where it is. I've just walked in on Onion being like, you like he's like grinding his claws in it, and like all the claws are working, and you don't see anything. He's not like that. You don't see him like coming in contact with uh-huh. his little boy parts, but the thing smells like fucking shit afterwards. Oh, right, God. and it's too big to go in the wash. It's too big to go. Anyway, so I thought I'd like. I, I thought I we had passed it. Yeah, I mean I'd gotten like everything clean and like up and whatever, and then today I like come around the corner and there's B on Bubba. Like, go on to town. Like, so if I ever take... Occasionally, the toy scares Katie Bell and we take it out of the room, but she doesn't want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So whenever it's out of the room, I know that all night while I'm sleeping, the cats are humping Bubba out in the hallway. <laughs> and it's going to smell like cat ass. So gross. Hi, ladies. I am calling with a major mom fail. <laughs> Um, so my little guy is seven months old and he is self-feeding, uh, the baby led weaning trend. Um, so anyways, we're not spoon feeding and, um, he's sitting here at the table with me and we're enjoying a nice little meal together and he has to have his food cut up into these little pieces so that he can eat it. So I'm cutting his food up for him and then something distracts me and I get up. 
and then go to the sink. And I look over, and he has managed to lunge forward, reach out, and grab a knife. And is holding it in his hands, and it is pointing towards his face. And he's bringing it towards his face very quickly. So I scream, and I jump, and I grab it out of his hands. And in the process, it slices his little finger. Um, it wasn't that deep, but needless to say, I have baby blood on my hands. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's First off, I don't even know what the fuck self-feeding is. <laughs> I'm, I was like, like, I'm like, that's a trend? Isn't yeah. that just babies eating? Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever seen a kid with Cheerios? Self-feeder. I yeah. love, we got to do a show on this weird like, yeah. renaming of things. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. That's the word. You know what? I had a mother tell me the other day. She was like, I don't know what it is. About- and again, I don't know what it is about boys. Is what this woman <laughs> said to me. But she said, keep the knives off the counter. And I'm like... I just do that with babies in general. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I will say Katie Bell was never a grabber of, like, anything on the counter. Like, she just didn't do it. What? I know. I know. I have a perfect child, everybody. My life's about to be over. She I never, really She never grabbed anything off life. the table. Okay. Because um, I was there 24 hours a day. Right. Raising her. Right. It's because of her. you. It's me. It's definitely it's, of because course of it's, you. Of course it's me. <laughs> I am amazing. No, but, like... There, there, there's something about kids grabbing. Uh, yeah, you're just fucked. You're yeah. fine. But there's also the element of like <laughs> that she kind of made it worse by freaking out. Right. I've done that so many times where Simon had something and he was totally not doing anything wrong, and I flipped out and <laughs> ran and grabbed, and like the overcompensation totally ends up causing someone to get hurt. <laughs> like, usually, usually me. Usually the yeah. Mom. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's as long as he still has all of his fingers. Yeah, you didn't fine. cut a finger. Off. You didn't cut it off, and his face is still perfect. So don't worry about it. You're you're all right. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love. Teresa? Yes? Let's, let's just mix things up on today's show. Uh-huh. Let's call a dad. Cool. Let's call a dad. Let's call a dad. Right. Woohoo! Today we are speaking with stay-at-home dad Chris Rotley of the blog Daddy Doctrines. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. The first thing we always ask any of our guests is the exact same question. Who lives in your house? Uh, myself and my wife live here. Uh, her name is Anna, and we have two little boys, Tucker, who it will be five next month, and Coltrane, who is two. Awesome. Aww. And now, and they are the best. <laughs> Lies. No, I'm just kidding. They, um, Teresa always wants to know in particular pets. Uh, no pets, no. Okay. Oh. No, uh, in fact, I don't think we're allowed to have pets here. My sister tried to pass us uh, on her hermit crab, <laughs> and, uh, and we checked our lease, and we weren't even allowed to take it. So, uh, uh, that makes things a little easier. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I, I really wish we had a dog simply because I, I tire very quickly of sweeping the kitchen floor. Yeah. yeah. I think a dog would help that. It does. But uh, no dice right now. I just kind of want to throw out there the whole title of Stay at Home Dad. And like, that, like I even have to say it as an intro. 
is not something I would normally find myself saying with like our mom guests. And so I want to ask you kind of right off the bat, how do you identify yourself? And and in particular with that title, does it hold sort of the same stigma, you know, guilt or attitude or whatever that I, I think the media certainly has no problem discussing that moms have with it? Well, I, I, I do use the term stay-at-home dad um, in terms of that I think everyone kind of knows what it what that means. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we're constantly, amongst other stay-at-home dads, having this conversation about is there not a better word we can use or <laughs> phrase, particularly because the acronym is SAD. Yeah. It sounds so yeah. depressing. So I often will just say at-home dad. But even then, um, like, I don't spend that much time at home. Um, right. It, uh, so I, I will often talk about more about being a full-time dad to really get across that this is, this is my full-time job. Um, I, I'm also an illustrator and do some stuff on the side, but I consider taking care of my kids my actual occupation at the moment. I'm not lacking an occupation and doing this until something else comes along. Um, and so when people ask me, what do you do? I had to really be, be intentional about saying I'm a full-time dad. Um, and I like that, but then it, people just look at you blankly and they have no idea what that means. Yeah, I so, was going to say. Like, I like it, though. Yeah, well, yeah. I really like full-time dad. I like full-time mom, too. I like full-time mom. Because like yeah. we've had that same discussion sense. here where, because Teresa works, I stay, yeah, I stay at home. And you're always at home. I'm always at home <laughs> um, as well. The uh, But I know that for me, after having worked, like pretty much right up until after my daughter, my first child, my daughter, had turned, you know, one and a half, I had serious issues saying out loud that I was choosing to stay home. You know, like suddenly I was like, I'm choosing choosing to stay at home. Please don't throw rocks at me. Like, so do you find it, like you say, like you just said, you get the sideways crazy look. But like, do you, as a full-time dad, do you like have a harder time? Like, do you just like embrace it more because uh, because it's not something that maybe is being? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, that... I definitely there was definitely a point where I had to be intentional about embracing it. I mean, part of it was that I became very comfortable in the role, but I also started to experience some of the stigma firsthand that at home dads uh, you know experience yeah. and decided I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to apologize for this. Um, <laughs> And I want to. I'm not going to pretend that, like, you you will meet stay at home dads, and I'm sure this also happens with stay at home moms, where people ask you, you know, what do you do, and what you'll tell them is that maybe the job that you had last, or the thing that you want to do when you aren't taking care of your kids. Right. And I wanted to really say, like, no, I am doing this. This is my. I'm not looking for a job. I'm, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, and and it gave me a lot of opportunities to have some really great conversations and run with it. You know, I I became a bit of an evangelist about, you know, the idea of stay-at-home dads and involved dads and stumbled into, you know, fatherhood kind of uh, advocacy, you know, talking with brands that insult dads and that kind of stuff. So I really, I was like, I can't be apologizing for what I do if I'm going to be also be doing that stuff. So I just have embraced it. Well, let's go back to what led to the decision. When did when did you make the decision? Was it before uh, your first child was born, or after, or what? Give well, us, it's, give I us mean, the story. it's kind of a complicated complicated rundown. But basically, um, the idea of me being a stay at home dad had always been in the back of our heads. But when we um, had our first child, I was in a full time job that I loved, 
and my wife was laid off on while on maternity leave. So that idea was scrapped. Is that even legal? Um, yeah, yeah. It, so so uh, that idea was scrapped, and I was the sole breadwinner for a little while, but then I was also laid off. And um, my wife is a, a biomedical engineer, and we decided let's cast the net wide for jobs for her because as a freelance artist, I could kind of work from anywhere. Right. And we ended up in Pennsylvania when our son was eight months old, and that was when I took on the, the dad job as my full-time gig and put all my freelance work kind of into the evenings or aside entirely. Um, so it, it kind of happened because my wife was laid off or we were both laid off, but it was more recognition to say my wife is an engineer, I'm an artist. It makes a lot more sense for me to be the one that's going to stay home. And were there, like, I mean, outside of, like, dad advocacy aside, the what are some things that you kind of wrestle with? I mean, I know, again, stay-at-home mom, I wrestle with lots of, like, guilt issues or, like, should I be doing something else or should I have somebody here watching? Should they be in school? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. What do you wrestle? I mean, I'm, my assumption is that it's the same. I mean, that we would, you know, have the similar sort of, like, emotional roller coaster issues of yeah. being with a kid almost 90%, if not 100% of your day. Right. I, I'm sure that there's a lot of crossover um, in in the kind of things that you struggle with. Um, like, even in terms of guilt, I, I think I think that, that men maybe feel a little bit more guilt because we have been so conditioned that, that the way that we are a dad is to provide money. Right. And um, even if I am comfortable with saying that's not how I'm going to interpret the idea of provision, that, that doesn't necessarily mean money, um, there's still plenty of peop- other people that are not going to agree with that, and you are going to feel the flack from them. So you're going to feel it from people, whether you're putting that pressure on yourself or not. Um, the biggest struggle that I had with is, is just kind of the isolation that comes with yeah. being an at-home dad, because the resources and community for dads just is, is so much harder to find if it exists at all, depending on where you are. Um, so it's very easy to just kind of be holed up at home with your kids and not get to talk to any adults, you know, ever. Yeah, no, um, that's. I think that's a big problem for, for I mean, and I, I, you're right, I can see it being kind of like an even weirder problem that I would not think about for a stay-at-home dad versus the mom. Because, like, again, for me, I was very isolated. I didn't really like mom groups. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, like, I just didn't relate to 90% of the mom groups out there. It's funny, actually, when I would go to the playground, a lot of times some of the people that I wound up hanging out with were dads who were, you know, home. Those were, like, the people I met first when I first right. started taking cable out. It was weird. And so you have to tell me if you guys run into this. It was a little weird, like... Am I supposed to be hanging out with the dad? Like, is the mom, like, going to be, like, I never actually ran into an issue with any of the moms. Like, we wound up usually becoming friends with, like, everybody involved in yeah. the family. Because, like, it's rare. It's always important to find that click. And all like, yeah. and by click, I mean the magic click of we can actually speak about things as parents and not be weird like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and we're and yeah. we're clicking on a level beyond just oh we both have kids like right, we yeah. right. Actually, actually like each other yeah we actually yeah. like each other and then but then you're like am i gonna like the spouse you know like the dad or the mom or the whatever but like is it weirder or there is it harder as a dad to like make mom friends when that's the predominant makeup of the old playground or swim class or yeah. whatever. I well, I I say there's kind of two sides to come from that. Like I, I my wife and I have a a, a 
you know, an open enough relationship, open in terms of communication, not an open relationship. <laughs> that, like, she, I know that she trusts me. And so, like, if I'm talking, if I'm making mommy friends, um, I did make an effort to, to, you know, get her to meet them. But right. she, there was never any kind of worry with me. I, I can't speak to other families where I'm sure that that has been a pro- pressure. Coming from the other end, though, in terms of making mommy friends, it can be very hard because there are still a lot of moms who see dads on the playground as as suspicious and a threat and hmm. don't want you invading their space. And I certainly experience a lot of that. If I can if I can give a quick anecdote, yeah, a- yeah. anecdote, because this is one of the craziest things that ever happened to me when I when I first became a stay at home dad and I started trying to find playgroups and something to go out and do. And I looked on uh, Meetup and found that there was this group in, in my town. And I contacted them to see, can I join? It doesn't say you allow dads. In fact, I think it was called Club Mom. Right. They always um, have mom in the name. <laughs> yeah, they always have mom in the name. And, and so, but you never know. Like sometimes they'll contact them and say, wow, of course you can join or whatever. So I emailed and the the woman that ran it, she said, let me just run it past the group because we don't have any other guys. And I want to make sure it's okay. And she got back to me a little while later and said, like, I feel terrible having to tell you this, but we had a vote, and the consensus was we can't take the risk. Um, What? We can't let you in because if you are a predator, like, how bad would we all feel? And how do we we know you're not coming to, like, watch us breastfeed or whatever? And I was, and I was expected to kind of say, oh, yes, I see your point. That's, that makes perfect sense. And it was it was really insulting. And, oh my god! Well, it's really um, insulting. You know, it's it's like, yeah. to, to her credit, the 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 mom who was leading the group who told me this, she subsequently helped me set up a dad's group. We did events together oh, that were nice. in public, still... and lots of women from that group went out of their way to befriend me because they were so disgusted with what the group did. Um, and the leader of that group later left it. So like whatever drama was going on with them, like it was it wasn't the you know. Everybody didn't feel that way, but a, a majority did, and Hence that's the kind of thing that we kind of mom groups. You know, yeah, right. was, you're you not know. missing out much on mom groups, by the way. <laughs> well, and what I what I'd always felt like if they come and say, you know what, we enjoy having this be just a mom's, you know, yeah, it's a different it's dynamic. A different I, I thing. Yeah, that. that's fine. Yeah. but to come and say you can't come because you're probably up to no good, or we can't, you know, we have to assume that you are in order to keep everyone safe was just it was really. It was really rough, um, and unfortunately, that's not uncommon. I probably had a little bit more of an honest, uh, you know, I, an, an honest explanation than most guys just get. Instead, they just get a cold shoulder or a no response mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, there's people out there that still feel that way. So, how did it go setting up your your own group? I mean, did you have success with that? Was that hard to do? It, it took a long time to find other dads. For a long time, I was club dad, and it was me, and we would do events with club mom and club dad together, and it would be me and a handful of moms. Um, <laughs> oh and uh, But eventually, more and more guys would join. Yeah. I would have people sign up and never show up to things because they would, you know, they would be feeling the isolation one day and decide to look for something, and they'd find the group, and they'd sign up, but then they'd never come. Um so, you know, it was, I think it was about three years I was running the group, and I think officially there were probably 50 or 60 members, but getting more than three or four of us together, you know, was like pulling teeth. Hmm. Um, 
but you know, but that was a valuable. It was still valuable connections I made with some of those guys and made really good friends, and they got connected, you know, when they needed it. And that's really what I wanted to do was was offer that, you know, that something was there for dads to go to, um, because we need it just as much as as women do, as much as we might deny that. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Like, I wonder how much of the you know sort of gender pressure of you can handle this. You're, you know, you know, you're, you're a man. You're, yeah. You know, you can deal with it on your own. You don't need peers. You know, yeah. like, I mean, again, because we, both, both genders have these issues of like, you know, uh, well, if you're going to stay at home, then you should be able to run the house and you should be able to run it perfectly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, right. like you know, or yeah. vice versa with the guy. It's like, don't you reach don't out need, for help. Yeah, don't, you don't, you don't need, need help. community at all. You don't yeah. need community. Yeah. Even like it's not like you need to get together and lay out strategies for potty training every time you're together. Sometimes it's just a matter of being at the park and having another guy there. I just wanted somebody to come over and have a glass of wine with me in the afternoon, yeah. you know. Like, and while our kids ran around and ate cat hair all day, you know what I mean? Like it's just having an interaction, like you said, yeah. of any kind that's not. You know, with the baby. Yeah. With the baby. <laughs> well, what's interesting is, like, if you think about it, I mean, like, there's almost it's almost a trope at this point, the idea of, you know, a bunch of moms getting together in the afternoon, drinking wine. Yeah, but if you as a babies, dad, ooh. You know, sit there. But if it was a bunch of dads yeah, getting together yeah. in the afternoon to drink beers while their kids played, that is a totally different. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, that's completely different. It's right? so, so true. Exactly we talk, yeah, we talk so all the true. time about, like, not letting dads fail. Like, I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. did. We, we beat it like a dead horse on here. And, you like, the idea of the stay-at-home the, the stay dad and, like, the things that, as a, like, that society yeah. wouldn't let you get away with, like, you know, getting together and, like, having beers in the afternoon. Yeah. You're yeah. right. That, like, would, that would be, like, that's, that's like, oh, services. dad, you guys are so bad at this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Um, that yeah. said, like, I, I'm constantly harping on the fact that, like, the bar for what makes a good dad is so stupidly low. Um, <laughs> and that, like, you can be praised for being a great dad for just being present. Yeah. And the bar for being a like a super mom is is impossibly high, and so you know it's really easy to be seen as a great dad uh, because we are considered to be so incompetent at it that just like not <laughs> murdering our child is considered a success, you know. And uh, I know that the reality of motherhood is exactly the same. That sometimes getting through the day without murdering your child is a successful day, <laughs> um, but. But you're not a super mom if that's what you would, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No one's no. Yeah. No one's marking you up for that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. You're just you're just doing what you are considered to be supposed to to do. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of uh, like this big kerfuffle because they did the the uh, U.S. Census did a, a study about who's minding the children, and for the purposes of their study, they actually categorized like uh, a mom who was staying home and watching the kids while her husband was at work she was categorized as parenting because that's what parents do. Oh, no. If it was the father staying home while his wife worked, he was considered a child care arrangement um, in the same category as a nanny or a daycare or um, any you know, babysitter because he wasn't parenting so much as he was providing child care um, because the parent, the primary parent, the mother, was not available. That is really We are weird. messed up. Yeah. We and, are... It's, and, it's, and the thing is, it's like, it sounds like it's just semantics, but the truth is, like, there's, there's actual, like, 
programs out there for like to support parents that get money based on what the U.S. Census says the needs of families are. Right. And yeah. that really undervalues the needs that families have in terms of support that fathers need. It's an important issue. It's not just semantics. Like those words are very impactful and very, you know, I bet you don't, I don't know, we just never stop and think about it as a collective group to ask for those things to be changed. How right. peculiar. Well, and I, you know, and I think that there was a petition started, but who do you petition over that? And like people really just don't care that <laughs> right. much yeah. about U.S. census definitions. Or, or that sort of stuff, particularly when it comes to dads, because dads often don't care so much that they can be bothered to sign a petition. Moms do. Um, moms are a lot easier to kind of like rally to say these people <laughs> to are insulting moms, you know. <laughs> and dads are still it's like, if you care too much about this, then it's like, you know, you've been emasculated or whatever, all yeah. that kind of garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing with the census is, is like, as a stay-at-home, like, I call myself a stay-at-home dad, but technically, according to the U.S. Census, I would not be, because you can only be a stay-at-home dad if you have been out of the workforce for more than a year for the purposes of taking care of your kids and have not done any work or looked for work. And because I do freelance work as well, I would not be a stay-at-home dad. Um, and so it's... It's, in fact, it's interesting because you hear about there's more stay-at-home dads nowadays because of the recession. And the truth is even the numbers from the U.S. Census don't count people from the recession because those people are presumably looking for work. Wow. You know? Um, so so the numbers are all messed up because how you define these things is just, you know, it, it's really hard to nail down. I mean, what counts as a stay-at-home dad? How many hours do you have to be home every week? <laughs> things, things are not healthy in the <laughs> land of parenting in the United States. Yeah. Um well, Chris, it's getting better, but it's, it's getting it's better. A long haul. Yes. Well, Chris, we want to thank you so much for joining us. This has actually been really as insightful as I was hoping it would be. I, I'm sorry I wasn't I wasn't funnier. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> that's right. hey, hey, you haven't listened to a whole show. Uh, you, know, you don't know how unfunny we can be sometimes. Um, no, but this is but really the point of us usually having a guest on is to find out more about what's going on out there in the world of parenting uh, because. You know, Teresa and I do not represent even a small portion. (laughs) We like to get some other perspectives in the mix. (laughs) It's a a little helpful. Uh, And usually way more eye-opening for us than I think anybody else who listens to the show. So we just want to thank you so much. And we want to encourage everybody to go over to daddydoctrines.com. That's right. Chris's website. And it is... Uh, moms and dads, everybody, because it really is interesting. And he, he, we've actually mentioned Chris before in our show when we talked about Father's Day and we talked about advertising being super insulting to dads. Well, this yeah. is the gentleman who went after the Huggies group uh, that we talked about on that show. So we encourage you to go check out his website. And Chris, thank you so much. Yeah. Can I can I add a quick uh, Quick follow-up to what you just said. Absolutely. Because sure. um, uh, if you're aware of the Huggies thing, actually, we actually announced today, um, I'm on the board of directors for the National At-Home Dad Network, and <laughs> awesome. we, have a, a year, we have a yearly convention. Um, this year it's in October in Denver. And uh, I've continued to talk to Huggies ever since that whole thing went down. I have a pretty good relationship with them now. And we've actually announced today that they're going to be the title sponsor for the convention this year. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, you know, those all that stuff, all the, the petition and the, you know, complaining about what they were doing, it actually has borne some pretty good fruit because I, th- I think they're really trying to, to kind of make good on it. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, so it, it ended up in a pretty positive place that there, there's going to be more for dads. And, you know, if there's any stay-at-home dads listening to this, go to athomedad.org, the National At-Home Dad Network, and you can get connected with a local group or look into coming to the convention. It, the convention is probably the best thing I ever did to kind of support myself as an at-home dad. So uh, I would really encourage it. That's great. great. We'll link that. Uh, we'll link everybody to that as well. And as uh, October drills near, we'll make sure we put it out on the Facebook page and on Twitter so that uh, our listeners can can get in touch and, and hopefully awesome. attend. So thank you so much, Chris. It's been great talking with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Brainwaves send a message. Pick up the phone. When you like He was so nice and cool. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was. And it just, it, that was fascinating. Yeah. Some of the stuff, I mean, it just, in part 65 of gender <laughs> yeah. issues, the United States government census. Like, what the F with that? Like, that was crazy. And like, the mom group? The mom group thing. Is, Shame on yeah, everybody. It's just so shitty. That is. We have lost our minds. Yeah. Everybody. Well, I just thought he was great and, you know, and, and, and serves as a wonderful reminder in particular for moms, dads, everybody to take pride in what you've chosen to do. Yeah. Get over that hump. Yeah. Grab it. Embrace it. You know, I work. And then when I then spend time with my child, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And we're making it work. Or I have chosen to stay at home for these few years or for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's embrace it. Yeah. Um, speaking of embracing, let's listen to a mom have a total meltdown. <laughs> Hi, this is a pregnant lady breakdown. I am... 60 is overdue. Um, it is the middle of summer. I'm hot. I'm miserable. I haven't felt my fingertips in a month. I haven't seen my ankles in two months. And I'm just so ready. And I've done all the... I have had sex. I have pumped my breasts. I have eaten all of the disgusting things that they say help. And nothing is working. And every day I go into work and everyone asks me when I'm having this baby. And I'm losing my mind. I can't take it anymore. So hopefully my rage will get this child out of me because I am just about at the end of my rope. Um, Sorry to say this to two women in their second trimester who are having a good time, but uh, wow. Yeah. Don't go over your due date. It's a bad time. Thanks so much. Bye. Uh. Going into work every day still. That's the, I, what the, like, going into work, that's miserable. Yeah. And that bloating and swelling, uh, it's miserable. And you know, like, all anyone can think when they see her is, like, when is she going to have the baby? So I'm sure that's why they're all just, like, asking about that. But yeah. she probably just wants to, like, punch them all in the stomach every time. You're making everybody uncomfortable. Just go home. It's like you're so ready to explode. Oh. Well, I hope at this point you've had that baby. Please, for Please, the, love of, for the love of God, as of right now, I hope that baby is out of you. Yes. And you are upset about 20 other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that 
That call serves as a reminder. I think that Chris, our guest, serves as a reminder. I think that the genius and fail calls serve as a reminder that, you know what, everybody's just trying their best and everybody's doing a good job. And uh, it recently became very clear to us uh, uh, 24 episodes in. 25 episodes, I don't know how yeah. far we're into this show, that we think we have finally come up with the point of the show, <laughs> the new tagline for the show, and that is for everyone to stop feeling like shit for being a mom, okay, <laughs> or dad, or whatever you are. <laughs> Just stop feeling like shit for it. Stop feeling like shit because you don't want to contribute to the teacher pool, you know, for the year-end gift. Stop feeling like shit because you, you know, ate a bag of potato chips, drank a Coke, you know, when nine months pregnant. Stop feeling like shit because you feel like shit. Like, it's okay. You're all doing a good job. You know, like, stop it. Yeah. We're all okay. That's like the parenting advice that's out there. Just stop feeling like shit for it. Embrace it. You're doing a good job. Teresa, you are doing a good job. Thank you. You're doing a good job, too. I am killing it. <laughs> I am doing it like a boss. Um, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.